to Podcasting the Arts, Numbers, Income, Cash, or Panic. The title of our podcast, Panic, speaks to the emotion that many artists feel when thinking about their finances. But ironically, Panic wants to help. Panic is a series of podcasts and a website free of cost that hosts tips, templates, and insights for artists about financial literacy. Leave the panic to us. I'm Mina. And I'm Michaela, and welcome to another episode where we talk about the financial topic of the month, income taxes. Tax season can feel intimidating to many of us, especially for those of us who have multiple gigs or contracts per year. This year in particular has been an interesting one with CERB, EI, and other government benefits due to COVID-19. We are so excited to introduce you to our special guest, Tova Epp. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us today, Tova. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, well, I've been working for a company called Artbooks for, this is my 13th tax season. Before that, I was a client of theirs starting right after I finished theater school. So I went to theater school in the mid-90s to be an actor and a writer. And when I came out, I was lucky enough to find somebody who sent me to Artbooks to be a client. And they taught me a lot about uh, taxes. So I'm an actor. And I'm a tax preparer, and I also work with animals part-time, just to keep it busy. And before we begin, Tova, we like to ask all our guests a question to get to know them a bit better. So tell us, Tova, if someone were to write a biography of your life, what would the title be? I think it would be uh, Tova, the woman with many hats. Amazing. And now we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming. A lot of artists work multiple gigs a year, like often doing freelance work. I'm sure you know that being an artist yourself. And on top of all of that, many artists receive benefits from COVID-19. So what advice do you have for artists who have multiple sources of income and may be confused by the process? One of the biggest things that I see with artists is that they don't have a sense of how much money they're making. They don't take good, keep good track of their income. And so it's important from the very beginning to keep track of your income and know where it's coming from and, and, and if people owe you money. When I started out being a freelancer 20 years ago, um, I just grabbed an Excel spreadsheet. I didn't really know how to use it, but at least I was able to organize my thoughts into a column for the date I did the work and a column for how much money I was owed and a column for how when I got paid so that I knew the basics of like, and if someone didn't pay me, I had a record of when I got paid, when I got, when I worked so I could go back to them and say, I worked a month ago and you owe me money. And that, that really has served me well in the long run. I see a lot of my clients come in especially clients who haven't done their taxes for a couple of years and they're trying to figure it out. They're just looking at their bank statements and looking at income, any, any deposit and saying, well, this deposit was probably income. So I should claim, I claim it on my taxes and not all income is taxable. Most income is taxable, but you know, like birthday money from your family is not taxable. So if you're reporting all the money that came into your bank account, and some of it was birthday money, don't pay tax on that. Um, there are also benefits that people receive throughout the year, especially when we're, when we're sort of lower income. We're entitled to quarterly GST benefits and monthly trillion benefits. Those are not taxable. So when people are just looking at their bank statement, it's a bad idea. Just the best thing to do is to really learn to keep track of your income. And whether that's through Excel or a notebook or even one of the newer, lower cost bookkeeping softwares like FreshBooks or QuickBooks or, or Wave, Knowing where your money is coming from, when you're getting your money and where it's going to is is essential. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I'm sure 
as someone who prepares taxes, you've probably seen a lot of different artists come in that make a lot of mistakes. Are there any common mistakes that you see specifically with artists while while they're filing their taxes? Yeah, I mean, the, the first one I just mentioned is, is people who don't know how much money they've made and they just look at their bank deposits because that's a really, that's a really, really common one and it's just not helpful. Another one that's really common is people uh, don't like to look at the mail that the Canada Revenue Agency sends to them. So the Canada Revenue Agency, the CRA, can correspond and you get like a brown envelope in the mail or you get an email saying to check your online portal. People ignore that. And that's that just opens up a world of hurt for you if you ignore them. We find that with the CRA, their their thought process is if you don't reply to them, you're probably guilty as opposed to too busy or nervous or afraid or confused. So their response to people who don't respond to them can be a bit more aggressive than people who respond quickly and just say, I got a letter from you and I don't really know what it means. And that's allowed. So the most common mistake is not not accepting or not, not acknowledging the CRA when they reach out to you because... Obviously, there's a lot of scams right now, but we will know that the CRA pretty much never calls you. And they're not going to call and send uh, the police to get you. All of those, you know, threatening phone calls we get that are recorded are, are scams. The CRA's first line of defense is always going to be mail. It's always going to be mail. So whether you're getting paper mail from them or an email from them saying to check your online portal, they send letters and you need to answer those letters. And that will make your life so much better. Oh, okay. That's good to know. And thanks for bringing up that like their method of communication is always going to be through the mail. It's helpful to know that the CRA is not going to call you and to not like, you know, fall for those scams. I wanted to ask about um, write-offs for artists. A lot of artists work from home and are freelancers. What should they know about writing off expenses related to their work? In general, we, we ask our clients to just be reasonable about what they're looking at when it comes to expenses. So it really depends on your art form and what would be deemed a reasonable expense. So as an actor, my reasonable expenses are going to be things as common as paying my agent, getting headshots, going to auditions, maybe some hair and makeup. Those are reasonable expenses. I can fill that out with a bit of home office expense. So paying some rent, a bit of my rent, paying my home utilities, a bit of my home utilities, um, some networking meals, some office supplies, maybe the use of my computer, then maybe definitely the use of my cell phone because my agent calls me. So it's the reasonable expenses related to my business. As an actor, those are my reasonable expenses. A musician is going to have sound recording equipment and guitar strings and drumsticks, they're going to have a different approach. There's a a lot of different places that we can do write-offs. And the whole, the criteria that the Canada Revenue Agency uses is be reasonable. And that's, that, and that's what it is. Where, where the food, where the expense becomes a gray area, we want people to be more cautious or things like food, housing, and clothing, where things that we would be buying, regardless of whether they were business expense, you need to be, you need to apply a bit of a filter of caution around claiming those. Yeah, I think try to be reasonable with write-offs makes sense. And those are helpful examples as well that you gave. Thank you. Are there any resources, websites, or tools you would recommend to make the income tax process easier and more intuitive? Sure. There are 
our my my company's website, our books has some great downloads, and what that what we have in the way of downloads are are templates of income statements. Because when we're doing a tax return, everybody in Canada files the same tax return as a, as a basis. We have a, a, a T one return that everyone fills out when they file a tax return, and within that tax return, there is a form called a T twenty one twenty five, which is the income tax statement for businesses, small businesses or professions. And there, that's where all the expenses go. So all the write-offs go. We have templates of those schedules on our website that are a bit more user-friendly, that are a bit more uh, reader-friendly, and lay out some possible write-offs. So those are a really handy way to go and look and say, okay, I'm a photographer. What would be some reasonable expenses for me? I'll go look at the Artbooks website, look at the download section, look at the template P&Ls, and see what kind of expenses might be reasonable. I also do a lot of speaking um, typically oftentimes for free through organizations like Akin, the Akin Collective. I did one with Toronto Public Library, um, Arts Reach, and a lot of them are recording the, the sessions and, and, and archiving them for, lis- for, for listening to. So I believe that the TPL uh, speaking engagement speaking I did a couple of weeks ago is archived for at least a year. So that's not a bad one because that, that's an hour and a half two hours of really deep deep diving into the gig economy and taxes and write-offs and there's a there's a powerpoint presentation so that's a pretty good archive um and a good resource another thing i mean there's always your union if you're if you belong to a union or a guild typically they will provide resources that are that are uh, helpful to your industry around tax time so actra will have some information on their website about taxes and carfac who's the visual artists they'll have some information about taxes and the writers union does that as well so if you belong to a professional association or know of an association in your industry they are likely to be providing some kind of information about how to prepare for taxes pertinent to your industry And now we have a question submitted from one of our listeners. A lot of our listeners are students just like us. So Shreya Jha wanted to ask, how does carrying over tax credits work, such as carrying over a tuition credit? So that's a a good question. It's It's a really helpful question for students to have. When we go to school, every year that we've been paying tuition, we get something called a T2202 from our school, which shows the tuition paid as well as how many months we were in school full time or part time. And we enter that into our tax return every year. Those credits are there to reduce our tax bill. And when we're students, typically we don't have a tax bill, which means that we get to carry them forward to a year where we have a tax bill. And so just the simple act of entering the information from the T2202 in the year you got it. So doing your 2020 taxes right now, if you have a 2020 T2202, you're going to enter that in your tax return. And Anybody who's using software to do their taxes, the software is automatically going to carry it forward for you, carry forward tuition credits for you. You don't, when you don't need them, you don't know tax, there's no need to carry them forward. And so as long as you're using a software that's the same year over year, the carry forward will translate. And if you don't use the software year over year, the CRA also tracks your tuition carry forwards. So if you, as long as you're filing it to 2202, the year you got it, then when you get your notice of assessment from the government, which we get them a notice of assessment every time we file our taxes, we get a notice of assessment. On the notice of assessment, it'll say you have tuition carry forwards of X dollars. Make sure to use them next year. And you can carry them forward year over year until there's a year where you owe some tax. And then automatically you will you will use those tuition credits if you're using electronic filing software. And if you don't use them, the CRA will make you use them. You can't 
just choose to carry them forward willy-nilly. You have to use them the minute you owe tax. So if you don't if you don't use them, the government will make it use them. Yeah. And are there any other situations where you could carry over a credit that's not tuition? So tuition is the is the big credit we carry forward. Um, there are times where we are we we can choose to defer some RSP contributions if they're not useful. Again, if we don't owe tax, we can carry forward RSP contributions. But again, that's something the CRA also tracks for you. So if you pop it in and say, I'm not going to use it, I'm going to carry it forward, you'll also find that information on your notice of assessment for next year as well. So those carry forwards are tracked by the government to make sure that we're applying them appropriately. And so our notice of assessment is one of the most handy pieces of information we can have when we're filing our taxes. So if I'm filing my 2020 taxes, having my 2019 notice of assessment is helpful because any carry forwards from 19 are on that piece of paper right there, and I can just grab them and use them if I need them. Thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your expertise, Tova. If our listeners want to learn more about you, where can they go to find you? Well, the company where I work, Artbooks, has a great website, and there's information about what we do there and a little bit about me there. And then, I mean, I'm an actor, and I've got an IMDb page, and you can see what I've been up to. I'm doing some stuff this week, which will be fun, and it'll be on the page in six months or something like that. But I'm on TV. I was in a commercial at Christmas time that anybody who watched a hockey game saw gift wrapping a car, um, as you do. So I'm around. Yeah. That's awesome. We'll be sure to link um, the Art Books website as well as your IMDb in the description if anyone wants to check those out. And of course, don't forget to visit our website at artspanicpodcast.com for more tips and templates about planning your finances. And of course, join us for our next episode where we'll be talking to our special guest, Tim Ziegler, about growing your money with investments. Mm -hmm.